0: the legal corner podcast series welcome to today's episode of the legal corner a podcast which covers a variety of legal issues to keep you informed hosted by attorney at law colin Dinoon and communication specialist leonardo torres thank you for tuning in to today's episode of the legal corner podcast series. In today's episode, we'll be looking at the company's registry, the cross system. And our distinguished guest today is Mr. Sheldon Paul Michael. Just to tell you a bit about him, he's a dynamic individual, businessman, entrepreneur, business development consultant, former financial advisor, certified forensic accounting specialist in asset misappropriation and fraud detection and attorney at law. He has an inbuilt, continually expanding capacity to conceptualize, discern, unearth, cross-fertilize ideas or concepts, and devising solutions, all in the pursuit of the best desired outcomes for individual clients and firms alike. He has diverse practice areas in law, criminal, civil litigation, tax, conveyancing, corporate and commercial, probate, employment other areas, business development, consultancy, accounting, and financial services. Good day to you, Sheldon, and welcome to Legal Corner.
1: Hey, Colin. Thank you. It is a pleasure uh, to be here. I'm grateful for the invitation. Lovely.
0: Sheldon, we're going to get right into it. Uh, I want you to give us an overview of the different types of business structures and their advantages and disadvantages.
1: Well, in answering that question, Colin, I always like to refer to the law because the law forms the foundation upon which we do anything. Uh, generally, we tend to use the term business uh, for more or less all types of business structures uh, interchangeably. But the law specifically defines business as business under the Business Registration's Names Act. And companies, which is another term we tend to use for business um, under the Companies Act. So in establishing that distinction, um, I would say that the Business Registration Act allows you to register a business name or a doing business as name or a trade name that you're functioning under. Under that Business Registration's Names Act, the structures, usually it would be the sole trader registration, uh, partnership registration, and a firm to be registered as a firm. Um, on the other side of it, we also now have the Companies Act, which allows you to register different structures, limited and unlimited liability companies. Limited liability companies for-profit and not-for-profit. Uh, they are unlimited liability companies. Uh, They're external companies as well. But I would focus my attention primarily on the three business structures, companies limited, well, four, companies limited, for-profit companies limited, not-for-profit sole trader and partnership. Now, in the context of advantages and disadvantages, under the Business Names Registration Act, sole traders and partnerships are a lot easier to form in that it's there there's much documentation that is required to establish those business structures, and it's a lot cheaper. Um, And so that's one of the major advantages. The difficulty as well is um, with that advantage, it comes some disadvantages in that in the eyes of the law, those types of registrations, they make no distinction between the business and the owner. So in the eyes of the law, it's one single person, um, trading as or doing business as. And in those circumstances, you are exposed to the benefits, so you enjoy all the profits, but you are also exposed to all of the liabilities. All right? And so, again, to get registered, it's fairly quickly, but you have that that major disadvantage. What that means, basically, is that all of your personal assets are exposed to litigation um, in the context of if you are ever sued or formed to be negligent or found to be negligent anyway. Uh, they could basically come for the clothes on your back. Uh, and so that's a major disadvantage. Most of the times, uh, persons who are risk averse, uh, they tend to go with limited liability companies. And it's a lot more complicated to register a limited liability company. Uh, it has a lot more advantages, I believe, than those, uh, types of structures under the doing business act or the business registrations act. Uh, Companies for profit with limited liability, uh, protection. Some of the features are they are independent, legal, and tax structures separate from their owners. Uh, Additionally, there is no limit in terms of the number of owners to that particular business, as well as there is uh, protection in that your liability, you more or less ring fence your liability, because of that separateness between the owner and the company, your personal assets are not um, exposed to liability. The advantages of forming a limited liability company uh, would be in that you have the benefit of bringing in a number of directors, uh, a number of shareholders. You can utilize it for raising or attracting finance. Uh, you can utilize it for investment purposes, personal asset protection, Um succession planning and so forth and it also gives you an additional credibility in the eyes of the consumer there that you are a limited liability there's some type of prestige that's often uh, associated with those types of companies persons are more likely to uh, give credit uh, because in the event that something was to happen to the individual owner the advantages of that, that limited liability will continue because again, it's separate and distinctly apart from the order. And so, yeah, and there's one other major advantage. I believe, um uh, limited liability companies have access to government, uh, tax shelters. So for instance, um, in the tax, the tax code, which will be our corporation tax act, there are provisions for uh, deductions for investments in uh, film, sport, Art and culture, so there are some tax, uh, serious tax benefits for all the companies, and that's more or less, more or less, it in a nutshell. Uh, how, which which one you choose when speaking to clients, I always advise that uh, you need to know where you're going and how fast you want to get there, and depending on the answers for that, I then advise which corporation structure uh, or which business structure. Sorry. I would recommend. And, and that's it, more or less. Well,
0: you have touched on the uh, main I advantage, I would say, to incorporating a company, which is that concept of separate legal personality, whereby the owner's assets are separate yeah. and apart from the assets of the company, and therefore their assets are protected in the event of any sort of litigation that may be mounted against the, uh, the company. So yeah. I think that yeah. is really one of the key key benefits. What is the uh, one of the key, a company? But there,
1: there are some limitations to that, um, in that it's, it's not, um, impenetrable in, in that, then that you are found to be negligent in any way. Um, you can pay a corporate bill. So essentially that separate and distinct legal entity in the context of that separateness is one of the major benefits of having a, having a company right in context of transferring assets so for instance somebody may want to start a business uh for business purposes and it's a type of legacy that they 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 want to establish a family business that they could pass on to the children and so forth and we always recommend a limited liability company uh, because again those companies outlive their owners and we can live in perpetuity so um you could use it for transferring assets so if you purchase uh, assets in the name of the company whether it be a house a car um, other types of assets you can perhaps set up a trust so that the beneficiaries which would be your children and, and wife and so forth could then benefit long after you've gone um, and so we a way of i shall let's get over to
0: the cross for... system now and i want you to sure. tell us uh, what led to the genesis of the cross system
1: Right. So again, um, nothing exists in a vacuum. Uh, from a local perspective, we would have uh, moved from a exclusively manual system right, with filing documents over the counter and so forth. Uh, back in as far back as two thousand and nine, there were some advancements in the development of the TT Bizlink system, which saw us now be able to register companies online. And that was working, but there were also some developments in that there were loopholes in the system in context of fraud, in context of uh, what we call oppression actions that that come in civil litigation for companies where directors were unaware of what was happening in the business. And so shares were being transferred unawares to shareholders. And so only when the matter would have been investigated, it ends up in court. Um, And so there were a lot of loopholes there. In terms of reporting conditions for the tax authorities and so forth, it was difficult to find who owned companies and so forth. And so from in that perspective, the system operated that way. But internationally, Trinidad and Tobago, we found ourselves in a situation where the G7 countries, G20 countries, sort have of classified Trinidad yeah. and Tobago and a number of Caribbean K- jurisdictions as tax havens, and so there has been a, a drive towards um, eradicating tax evasion and money laundering and combating of terrorism, and so there were a number of legislations passed over the years, your um, wealth uh, legislations. Uh, Factors was, was one that was passed by the United States um, imposing a, a, a reporting condition on banks here in Trinidad of all the persons who resided or nationals of the United States residing in this jurisdiction, earning income, owning assets. We would have passed uh, our Financial Intelligence Unit legislation. Uh, we would have passed in 2019 our Beneficial Ownership Designations. Uh, for, for companies, uh, revenue authorities, another one of those, all in the, the, any in effort of compliance and knowing your, knowing your customer, basically. And so in this age of compliance, we have seen a progression from manual to TT business, now to cross registration. And um, so that basically is in a nutshell how we arrived at the cross-system.
0: Represent a change in the status quo from what obtained previously.
1: Right, so previously, um, anybody could have been appointed a director, persons could have been appointed shareholders, without having to provide any form of identification. Um, So documents could have just been passed over the counter, without really any type of accountability. What is there's a radical shift with the cross-system now in that Everyone utilizing the company's registry system, whether it be existing companies or new persons seeking to set up businesses, shareholders, directors, agents, everybody has to be registered on the cross-system. And each individual person has to have what we call a company's registry account with a separate uh, personal identification number. And so before you could even get onto the system, that is the starting point. And so for, to get onto the cross system, you certainly have to have two forms of ID. You have to have a birth certificate. If you're a national of this country, if you're a foreign national, you must have a birth certificate as well. You have to do this. A new compliance requirement where you have to take a headshot of yourself holding one of those IDs. You have to provide a, a an address, email, phone number. If you're a married person or a married woman and your, your name is different from what is on the birth certificate, you have to add in your marriage certificate as well. So it's a, a really deep dive into private information uh, never before seen in this jurisdiction. Um and some of which uh, I believe the there there will be some le- legislative changes to come with that as well. And so like I said, Completely, radically different. Uh, another example of how different it could be is that in the past, um, any director could have filled out a change of director or change of secretary. And so if you have five or six directors who are not aware of what's happening, they could be off the board of directors and don't even know. Um, majority shareholders could become minority shareholders because they're just not aware of what's been happening. But the system now is designed that any transaction that happens on that, on that company account notifies every director, every secretary, every shareholder of those changes that are happening in the company. And so it's a way of eradicating fraud in particular in, in that concept, in that context. Um, it's very useful for persons who are involved in criminal, criminal investigations in the, in the context of Previously, if I had to find out who owned a company, I had to have specific information beforehand so I knew where to go and look with this new system and because of the the, the personal accounts, I can now search the registry by individual. And so if I'm trying to find out if there are uh, cross-interlocking directorships, if there are persons that have been hiding assets in companies, because again, that's separate and distinct legal entity. Uh, It's a way of detecting that that, uh, hidden assets and all those different things. So it's very useful for us in criminal jurisdiction. Family law is very useful as well because, of course, in divorce proceedings, one party might be hiding assets, matrimonial assets, uh, and that type of thing. So it's radically different. Um, It has its challenges, but radically different. Uh, It is welcomed We've been clamoring for some of these changes for some years now. So, yeah, no Gone are the days of this manual handling forms over. A lot could go wrong with that type of system, so it makes it makes the users of the system very accountable.
0: What is the procedure for registering a business on Cross?
1: To... All right. So as I uh, alluded to early on. Um, somebody who, let's say, for instance, has an existing company for, uh, or somebody new would require this company's registry account. And so the first process is, of course, you go onto the website. My advice is to make sure, having been appraised of what the requirements are, have those requirements near, near at hand. Because if you don't have one piece of information to move on, you have to start the whole process so so you, you are required to have two forms of ID, um, an email account, a s- cell phone contact or telephone contact. You must have your birth certificate, very important. And as I said, a term to married. for married persons, they must have married women, must have their um, marriage certificate. And so you fill out a, an application form online. You provide a headshot as well. And you're then registered on CROSS. My advice to all persons using CROSS is that you must be consistent in all of your information. Because what you put in, rubbish in, rubbish out, it could lead to problems down the, down the end. Because, uh, for instance, if you you put Glencoe cool, Carinage as, as part of your address, I'm using an example uh, in one area. But then in another area, you just put Glencoe. Cool there then arises inconsistencies in the registration documents, which leads to problems at the bank and, and many other different areas. And so, yet yeah, that's the process more or less for individuals. For companies that need to be registered on the system, all of the directors and secretary uh, are required to be registered on the system first before the company is allowed to have its own company registry account. And then after you've acquired those particular registrations, you then have to configure your company registration account to be associated with a company account. And then for any transaction you want to do thereafter, whether it be uh, you want to appoint someone as a director, you want to appoint them as a secretary, or some type of share transfer documentation, you must then apply for... A Approval for that specific rule before then you're allowed to do anything on the system. So it's, it's, it, like I say, it ring fences, it puts in all of the checks and balances to ensure that the proper procedure is followed in the context of, of registering, not only registering businesses, but the post registration requirements. Uh there's one other thing on the Soul Traders also. They I believe as of yesterday they launched the electronic signature. So we are almost at a stage where you can almost do a complete registration uh virtually without having to go in. Uh, so you can start to finish and then collect your documents at the end. Uh, but I, I guess they will announce that in, in due season. But we're almost there.
0: That's excellent. At this point, we'll take a quick break and we we'll be right back. you welcome back, and thank you for staying with us. me before the break, you were just giving us an idea of how a company can be registered or incorporated on the CROSS system. At this point now, I want to sh- shift gears a bit, and I want you to tell us uh, what challenges have you or your clients experienced using CROSS? So
1: Colin, as, as with anything new, there will be challenges. Um, especially when you did not have the opportunity to run systems side-by-side. Uh, side. The old, uh, well, the new system running side-by-side side with the old system. Persons may recall sometime in December of last year, the company's registry advised and registered General's department would have advised that the company's registry system became inoperative uh, for the one that a better term. And between December and February of this year, um, no one was allowed to utilize the system. So there were no registrations of companies, no filing of post-registration documents, no registration of software. There's nothing. And so trying to start a system from scratch in February um, to now, they've had some, some problems, some difficulties. But in the main, I think they're getting better and better each day. But some of the problems that we would have had, of course, would be... Some of the nuances of this new system, how the system works, um, some of the requirements in filling out forms, you may not meet it to the T the, the in the context of how they would want information put in. So you may get a query here. Um, so it again, it, it's learning the system. The, the challenge is really just learning the system, getting to know the system, often uh, making mistakes in one or two applications. You, you will then understand, okay, why this needs to be done in a particular way. So the users of the system then begin to understand the whole terminology, the whole ethos of why the system is debated. And so, yeah, we've had many problems. Um, sometimes clients taking pictures of the IDs, the information on the ID is not readable. You know, one told us it had to be readable, it was just for the purposes of being able to identify. For the purposes of taking your headshot, it must be even though it's next to your case, you must be able to read it. So if you're taking a picture for yourself, you have to flip the, the picture so it, it 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 is readable. Um there are some issues in the context of filling all the forms. They have specific terms that ought to be used. And if the user is not on Korah, um then you use the wrong tool. So documents have to be done over. You go down to the company's registry expecting to get the registration. And then they tell you, no, this is wrong, this is wrong. Change it here, change it here. You do it, and then you go down, you meet somebody else who is at the counter, who you didn't speak to before, and they have a different set of criteria. And so those types of inconsistencies play the system in the early days. But as I said, they are getting better. Uh, there are some amendments we to but um As you get to a little approach,
0: then do you have any suggestions for improvement?
1: Uh, certainly, certainly. Um as I said alluded to before, the the old TT business link system made it a little simpler for users who were not um corro with the the terminologies in the company's app. And so for instance, um I'm, Let's say I'll use an example with articles of incorporation as a section for the person who is signing the document, the statement. They must state, of course, that they are a director in the company and, of course, state the address and so forth. But on other sections of the page, as well as in other forms, they have to in- sign that form as incorporator. So if someone not knowing what to put where, they make mistakes and that slows up the system. So in the old TT link system, those pieces of information were filled out for you. So all you have to do is just sign in the correct position. So they could bring back that auto-fill-in of the statement and do different forms. Um also they need to have broader categories for, for companies. Uh some of the options they are quite limited and it does not cater for the nuances in business. Um they certainly have to work on their own payment portal. Uh, I know right now, as of yesterday, you have to go and pay money on an account down on the company's registry to have it be loaded onto the account before you could then the transactions. Uh, we need in a digital age, and so hopefully we can have a proper working payment portal. Uh, they need also to have a system to notify agents of of what is happening in the system. So if we apply for name approval, the name approval does not counter us us uh, advising that the name has been approved, it goes to the, the applicant. Uh, and so as agent, we are sometimes left in the dark, unless we are following up, uh things could just be laying uh, we tend to be picked up by us. And so those are some of the things, basic things, like I said, uh, perhaps with the upgrades to come, uh, we would see we would see those changes and that's it more on a nutshell um, yeah it's here company registry is here to stay. uh we have no choice but to get on board we must learn to do things differently you know Trinadians like to, to break the rules you know if things don't don't work the way they want it to work you know we can handle the and, and quarrel but at the end of the day we, we have to comply and so
0: yeah, that's where we are called. Well, Mr. Sheldon, Paul Michael Atiniatlaw, this has been a great conversation. Thank you very much for stopping by. Grateful Colin.
1: Always good seeing you. Thank you for listening to the Legal Corner
0: Podcast series. For more information, please visit us at our Facebook or Instagram pages or send your comments to the Legal Corner Podcast
1: at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you.